0: This is a Rooster Teeth production.
1: Do you believe in reincarnation? A man from England was fascinated by this topic and after his daughters passed away, he was confident in the idea that they would return. Years later, he had twins that bore striking similarities to his previously deceased children. Today, we explore death and reincarnation as we discuss the curious case of the Pollock twins. This is Red Web. Welcome back, Task Force, to Red Web, a show where we cover conspiracies, mysteries, true crime, supernatural, and everything in between. I'm your host, Trevor Collins, and with me, with his gut instinct reacting to this for the first
2: time as he hears this, Alfredo Diaz. Hello, hello. Um, I'll let you in on a little secret. Bring me in. Every once in a while, I think about reincarnation and karma and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And actually, now that I really think about it, I think it's kind of a fear. That like, that it, you're like, going to come back? Well, it's like if I say like, I'm cuz I've seen Moon Knight recently. Say that yeah, yeah, yeah. the the scales are tipped more towards Ooh, yeah. bad than good mm-hmm. and I get reincarnated as I don't know just some bush in the desert to forever oh. be just like torched in the sun. I don't know man they're evolved for that sun and desert life. Maybe this, uh, this is true. Maybe bush life is pretty good. They have but you ever think of that? Or just you know, isolation like that or Right, just be reincarnated as I don't know a chipmunk and you see Rescue Rangers though. I heard it was amazing. I mean, this is a movie podcast. Nothing wrong about, about being a chipmunk. <laughs> it seems they're they're hitting
1: the convention scene. Oh,
2: he, what a great idea
1: for a movie! It was a great idea. I don't know how they got Ugly Sonic, but they it, need it was, that with like cryptids. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, all right, uh, Christian, write that down. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> go, Christian, go ahead. our producer n- behind the scenes, n- note it.
2: Um. Mm. Never mind. My head's spinning with that. Okay, never mind. I'm just going to. So let's come back to
1: the Pollux, though, because this is a case that I had completely forgotten about. And it's so strange. I love this, is that kind of case that I just get really eager to discuss. Yep. Gets me really excited because, much like you, I've explored the ideas. I mean, these are a lot of uh, religious ideas, but Mm -hmm. um, I've been fascinated by not only religious ideas and uh, real world connotations, but also just supernatural takes on these and examples of these in the real world. Because, of course, we know very little uh, scientifically about what happens when we close our eyes for the last time. So this is a very fascinating case. I'd be very curious to hear your reactions
2: along the way. That's another, (laughs) just going through, just labeling fears that I have. I think probably one of my biggest fears is, you know how you just like, you go to sleep and you wake up and there was just like that nothingness?
1: I had a really awesome dream in there, though. Did I was you? living another life. I have, okay, I'm, I'm going to interrupt your theory or right, your right, kind right. of what, is, what mm-hmm. ifs with another what if. like mm-hmm. There's a whole thing around if you fall asleep, when you fall asleep, okay. you're actually waking up in another life or in another world somewhere, universe, whatever. Damn, that's cool. And that could be the real you. And this right now, you're awake you task force listening to this episode <sighs> could be your dream. And that you actually have two different walks of life. I've also we heard need an stories, episode
2: where we just discuss things like okay, that.
1: Okay, we should. Because there's because a whole that's, thing that's, where there's like, there's a ton of that. Yeah. And that's pretty killer. As a kid, somebody told me, and I don't know if this was just a really good storyteller, because <laughs> I, I was a very curious child. That's why we have a podcast like this now. But as a kid, somebody told me a story about when you go to sleep, there are dreamwalkers that there are factions within your dreams that are actually waging a war, as it were. What? Yeah. So anyway, I didn't,
0: no, uh, tell no, me about yours. Your, what's your fear? Christian, go ahead and note that down. We
2: need an episode of a bunch of stuff like this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Dream uh, no I name. love it. There's also the idea of oh, uh, when you go to sleep that they're, you, when you, when you see somebody in a dream, like say I go to sleep and you and I, Alfredo, we dream about each other. Oh no, a, is that bad? There's a theory that it's because we're sharing a subconscious.
2: Whoa,
1: that, you guys are the same. Also the task force, I know you can't see what's going on right here. I've got a Wizard of Oz s curtain in front of a oh, Christian right now, and so yeah. he, he's become the man behind the curtain.
2: <laughs> you do, but I don't.
0: This just is so I'm weird. At
2: I'm used to looking <laughs> him dead in the eyes. But my my like thing is like you know you, you go to sleep, you wake up, and there's just kind of like that nothingness. Yeah, a little fear of mine is just like, what if that's when you die? It's Just complete nothingness, no thought or consciousness. Of existence or well life why be or
1: afraid anything. then you wouldn't experience it right no for sure
2: uh i mean it, it's one of those things where i'm like i wouldn't hurt or anything like that but it's more so just like man spend my whole entire right. life the people like it backwards makes things feel quite meaningless right exactly yeah. and so i was like wow they just eternal nothingness
1: yeah well being present minded uh-huh. is uh is important <laughs> under those circumstances but let's talk about the pollock family and kind of their experience so we'll go through the family history to give you just some context for these young kids and then the stories that kind of unfolded later on so we have joanna pollock who was born in 1946 to parents john and florence pollock and they were all residents of england she was their third child but their first daughter then in 1951 just about five or so years later came along their second daughter Jacqueline, with a distinct birthmark on the left side of her waist. I'm going to give you some details along the way. They're not going to make a lot of sense just yet. Don't worry. Chekhov's guns are going to fire. My, my
2: mind is fractured right now. because the mm-hmm. Joanna. Joanna. John. John. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. My two siblings and my spouse. Buckle up. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> just start labeling. Like, just start saying the names of people in my life.
1: <laughs> well, they're the names of people in your life, but they're all like, Ja, Ja, Ja names like they start with the J sound holy so it's it's gonna get a little bit more confusing with some more J sounds here in a bit but you'll have to tell me if any more of these names (laughs) sound ring a bell because that's kind of creepy so Jacqueline who was born five years later had a distinct birthmark on the side of her waist John and Florence ran a grocery store and dairy delivery business which kept them both very busy therefore the girls spent a lot of time with their grandmother growing up when Jacqueline was three she fell on a bucket and got a cut above her right eye that healed into a scar. This will come back later. As Jacqueline learned how to speak, her parents often heard her say things like, quote, I will never be a lady. So you can take that in a lot of different ways, but in the context of this story, it does start to lay a bit of an eerie foundation. Not saying I'll never be a lady, uh, you know, in the traditional sense, um, manners and whatnot, more in the sense of i will never be a grown lady or a grown woman
2: oh yeah I, I like initially my thought was i'll never be a lady because of the scar
1: right gotcha
2: right in, in the sense of like oh, i'll never be right proper lady etc etc i have this scar which right. doesn't matter um but you know
1: it's a kid so it, maybe it, they're exactly just these things yeah
2: um, who knows how they're brought up etc but that's weird
1: yeah The parents were definitely very alarmed to hear these kind of statements coming out of their three-year-old child but unfortunately this would also be quite dark foreshadowing for what would be to come so on may 5th 1957 joanna and jacqueline were walking to church in hexham england with their friend anthony at the time joanna was 11 jacqueline was six and anthony was nine Sadly, the children never reached the church as they were struck down by a driver who had taken a dangerous amount of aspirin and phenobarbitone. Hope I said that correctly. It was found out that, unfortunately, I don't want to go too much in the morbidity here, but the driver actually did this intentionally because their children were removed from her care. And so out of this kind of outward lashings out, she took out her aggression in the worst way possible and that's where these children unfortunately met their quite early end
2: damn mm-hmm. like i don't every once in a while you're just walking and you go man that car could just decide to swerve into me uh, that's just a passing thought i've that just those are the fears have. that i have those are the <laughs> things <fears are> the- <laughs> that i go brain why <laughs> right oh man but Some like this woman did that Hmm. that is that's just not fair in so many ways oh no Yeah, unfortunately,
1: Joanna and Jacqueline both died at the scene. Anthony died on his way to the hospital. So the family, of course, as we kind of indicated earlier at the top of the show, the family held strong religious beliefs that were practiced by both John and Florence from their childhoods on. To be specific, John was raised Catholic and Florence was raised Protestant. When John was nine, he actually read a book about reincarnation, which stoked the curiosity in the subject and it left this thought lingering in his mind for years about whether it was actually possible I I sympathize completely with this because as a kid these are all curiosities I feel like we just naturally have yeah and the open-endedness the attempt of solving it with answers I think all stick in our minds because
2: we all I think naturally want to seek right I I think there's not one person especially like the task force that hasn't just sat there and thought about it Mm -hmm. on like a couple layers right of like oh what if reincarnation was a thing what would that be what would that look like what would I want to be if I was reincarnated
1: oh yeah that's see that's the terrifying thing too is like to your point I remember thinking back and being like do I want to end up becoming an animal which could be in the grand scheme of things considered a lower life form or do I want to be another person and deal with all the stresses of life Jobs, careers, make me the animal. money, make me the animal. Uh, responsibility, I gotta go right. through school again. Oh.
2: <laughs> Chipmunk sounds pretty good, <laughs> yeah, right? I get, I get a couple nuts, and that's my life.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's starting to sound a little peeling. So yeah, um, you know. In fact, just a little sidebar because it is quite relevant to the, this discussion. I remember distinctly I had so many questions as a kid where I was prying my parents for answers. And there was, and you kind of made me think of this early on was, I remember being in the car. I remember specifically what street it was and how close it was to our neighborhood. And I was asking, what do you see of of my mom? I was like, what do you see when you pass on? Because you can't see nothingness because that is seeing something that is sensing something. So what is it? You know, as a kid, I was just asking this of one of my many questions. What is it to experience? Nothing, literally no sense. And I, I think that the answer would be, as soon as you sense something else, it would be a time skip. But right, very deep thoughts
2: for a child to have. I, like I was weird. Jackie and I are my spouse. were mm-hmm. planning to have kids with you know, in a couple of years. And with what you just said, I was like, damn, how would I even answer that? Like I don't. Yeah, those are I'm the not, things that I challenge my
1: parents on. Right. For sure. <laughs> it's like I guess like
2: once I have kids and they're a couple of years older, I gotta yeah. start like you know what I mean? Start loading these yeah these thoughts up. Uh but I was like, I mean, if if my kid came up to me right now and asked me that, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, mm. hmm.
1: <laughs> I think I was born with the scientific method in my brain, right? Which is rough when you know you lack tangible evidence of this, that, or whatever. And parents are just like, ah, uh, this is a, a kid. Let me just give an answer and I'll right. be like, and I'll hold them to it. I'll remember oh, that. No, <laughs> I'll remember that. But let's come back to John, the father in his childhood, because of course he read that book. He became very fascinated by topics such as the afterlife, previous lives, reincarnation, and he even prayed to God, per John himself, for proof of reincarnation. On the day of Joanna and Jacqueline's death, John actually had visions of them in heaven. Again, these are all recounted by the family. He also claimed that he could sense the girl's spirits In the upstairs room of the house, so he would often spend a lot of time in that room because it would feel comforting, and he would want to be with them. John thought his prayers caused his daughters to be killed because he questioned God's will, which does not, in his beliefs, being a Catholic, include reincarnation. So he thought by seeking these answers, by praying for these things, that he might have Yes. Possibly. Exactly.
2: Yeah, that's a slippery slope, man. You you can make all kinds of excuses as to as to why you should be blamed mm-hmm. or why you shouldn't be blamed. 100%. And that's um that's not a way to live. Also, maybe just because I've seen way too many horror movies, if like... Oh, I know where my, you're going. My, my kid passed away and then all of a sudden I just started hearing like, I don't know, the baby monitor go off mm-hmm. or they're a little rocking... Horse go back and forth, selling the house. That's how it starts. Selling the house. But here, I'm imagine
1: though, you got you but got gonna right. latch on those. Come on, it's man. two no things. This isn't fair. You, it's you believe a demon. it. It could be. You believe it, you lean into it, you speak to it, you, to it. you give it power by believing that's in what I'm it. Saying. It's a demon. That's what I'm you saying. You sell the house. What if it's your kid? They're stuck in the bedroom with no furniture, no rocking chair. Come on.
2: I'm sorry, I'm taking I'm not taking that Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm that's that that's chance. the
1: risk you take. Okay. Goodbye. And that's baby. how you end up with a baby hands
2: <laughs> in that's a true. church somewhere. That Even true.
1: handprints, little <laughs> impassionate baby handprints. That's
2: true. That's how I you. I might
1: be small, but I'm 150 years old. You're
2: right. <laughs> as, as we're driving away, just the baby handprint. Right
1: uh-huh. the uh-huh. <laughs> that's I'm, so. That's. I'm, I've never had the confliction between so adorable, so sad, and so creepy at the same yeah, time.
2: Yeah. That's a hard decision, but I think I'd have to. Oof. I'm yeah. like 50, like 51%, 49% like Goodbye Baby.
1: That, that would be a, an impossible decision to make. Yeah. That's why all these horror movies exist, because come right. on, how do you? Ah. How, you're right. So coming back to John for a second, you know, and this particular situation, he tried to comfort his wife with the idea that they would be back. But Florence strongly disapproved of the belief in reincarnation, once again, due to faith, being a Protestant. And she wanted to heal from the pain of losing her daughters and move on. So Florence, and and that's kind of like, there's a gap in time here. I don't wanna kind of conflate these two points. Mm -hmm. So that's where they kind of left it. And a few years passed. Florence eventually did get pregnant once more in 1958. And despite doctors telling them that they would only have one baby, John insisted that Florence would in fact have twins, twin girls, and they would be the reincarnates of both joanna and jacqueline fast forward to october 4th 1958 where they had two twin girls who were born into their family jillian and
2: jennifer Mm-mm. something right there something mm. right there
1: yeah you taking it at face value or are you questioning maybe uh the I, storytelling here
2: i mean like if, putting myself in that situation if something tragic like that were to happen mm-hmm. and jackie was to be like you know believe in reincarnation start so talking about like we don't know the the sex of the children yet but it's not just going to be one it's going to be two and they're going to be girls No oh, man I don't mm-hmm. know like I just that just li- I don't like the way especially that lines up
1: it, especially when it comes from the father there's something about being right. a mom that I could be like maybe there's something we don't understand like that deeper connection it's
2: biological and you're mm-hmm. connected yep so maybe but the father calling it out like that but the dad's like no that's twins because the 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 ratio and the number for twins gotta be low and then like number of births that are right that are twins but i'm sure it's quite low christian do you want to look that up just right i'm sure it's quite low yeah i don't know i don't know what that like that percentage would be so like being able to call that out not quite sure i mean my my mom was a non-identical twin Mm -hmm. and so like that's as far as My family tells me skips generations. So there's a good chance that my sister would have twins. Um, But yeah, I think that number would be really low. To call it out is like, ooh.
1: Yeah. I had the same thing with um, someone who I was once seeing a long time ago Mm -hmm. where she had a pattern of twins in her family as well that also skipped generations, which is wild. Yeah, that's so... And so I had to think about it and I mean I was just a young boy right essentially but uh I was like man would I be ready for twins and there I was 19 years old <laughs> right
2: <laughs> thinking about that at all I mean just <laughs> right just, I mean it's a passing thought right I just wasn't ready for any of it yeah uh, but but With yeah Jackie, she's like I hope it's twins she's like I just want to because we both want two kids yeah so yeah it's just like I one just, and done I just kind of thing one and one and done yeah so I don't want it Man, there there would be no downtime for either of sure. us, but I'm down. <laughs>
1: it's definitely tougher to have two babies right. at the same time, but there's also a lot of upside to e- Exactly, socially and relationship-wise. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, while the twins were already a shock as I've kind of outlined, things only get weirder because they started to begin noticing very very specific yet odd similarities between these two twin daughters and their previous and their previous older children. Uh, yeah. And then just jumping in
0: on the the twin rarity, it's estimated that 1 in 250 natural pregnancies will naturally result in twins. That's what this one site says. Quarter of a percent? Something like that? Yeah, but then another one says it's about 3% of babies in the U.S. are born uh, as twins. Still quite low. Still very low. low, Both different figures depending on where you look.
1: Yeah, interesting. Uh, But yeah, so a lot of different but interesting similarities between these daughters. Now, before I move on, I want to clarify not only for you, Fredo, the task force, but also myself. There's a lot of J names here. Yes, there is. So we have the new twins who are Jillian and Jennifer, and then you have the uh, previous daughters who passed away. Yes, Joanna and Jacqueline. Now, to kind of jump the gun, but so you can kind of start to get a mental map of what's going on. Joanna is said to have been reincarnated as Jillian, And Jacqueline is said to have been reincarnated as Jennifer. You can kind of go off the name length to help you have that little memory um, as we, so that way you avoid confusion moving forward. So with that said, let's talk about some of the similarities that really started to give John, the father, the idea that reincarnation was at play here. So Jennifer had a birthmark on her waist that matched very, very closely to the birthmark that Jacqueline had. She also had one above her eye that resembled the scar that Jacqueline incurred by falling onto the
2: bucket that we discussed earlier. See, you said the birthmarks on like the hips, and I went,
0: oh, eh, "That's mm-hmm. hard to
2: ignore." And mm-hmm. then there's a second. Come on, man! What are the where chances of where the scar a, was? What are ugh. the chances of a second birthmark, and then on top of that being where the scar was? Like, yeah, the, the coincidences are too high. There,
1: this triggers a nostalgic memory for me. I remember being in third grade and discovering what birthmarks were. And in kind of discussing that as a class, it was some free time. So we were all just discussing as a big old group of kids who had birthmarks and where. And the idea was floated by someone that those were actually scars from a previous life, that whatever, that that marked the wound that you had that created your death in a previous life. And so I started looking at some of the birthmarks. I had one down here, and I was like, does that mean appendicitis? I had appendicitis later in my
2: life, this life. That's creepy. It's creepy. Because when you initially said that, I went, oh, like not every death is going to be because of like a, a wound or a scar. Sure, someone's right. just aging, it, it, natural. Right. But then I was like, oh yeah, like the mark could mean eternal too, like, and, like organs and everything like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a cool I love thought. that thought. Man, that's a cool thought. Yeah. Do you have any birthmarks you're comfortable talking about? I was in my mind going, where's my birthmark?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I immediately started looking at mine and being like, how, how would that have killed me in my life? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I don't know where mine is. I'd task force if
1: you got a unique birthmark. I'd love to hear from you if you have an interesting story that right. comes to mind with your
2: birthmark and location. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I would just look at that on like, I don't know, you know. Twitter, Instagram, wherever you reach mm-hmm. out to us. At Red 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 Pod. Pod. And um, I'll be honest, I'll, I, I would look at that list and go, hmm, how would that have affected their previous uh, life?
1: Yeah. Or maybe, you know, I got one right down here uh, near the appendix where that's supposed to be anyway. And uh, maybe I got blasted by a cannonball because I was a dope pirate. <laughs> <laughs> your, your face is saying belief. <laughs> <laughs> your, your face is saying, yeah, that definitely happened. Yeah, I, like, I believe in yeah, that. Yeah, yes it did. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so coming back again to the reincarnation story, obviously the family, regardless of the reincarnation, is feeling that this location of Hexham, England, is not where they want to raise their daughters. They feel like there's just too much trauma in their minds, and so they decide to move. When the daughters are only, and this is worth noting, only a few months old, and they relocated to Whitley Bay. parents gave some alleged but very odd recounts of the girls' childhood behavior that only seems to continue the trend of the birthmarks. When the twins were around three years old, their parents gave them some of Joanna and Jacqueline's old toys. The girls quickly identified which toys had been gifts from Santa and latched onto separate toys without any argument. You know, that that can be typical of kids, but it can also be the antithesis of typical, right? right? Where kids are just like, no, I want that one. No, mm-hmm. I want that one, right? But very quickly, they both figured out who was getting what out of that grouping of toys. Oddly enough, Jillian gravitated towards the toys that belonged to Joanna and Jennifer to Jacqueline's. So this continues the trend here. In fact, when their dad gave them some old dolls, the twins named them Mary and Susan. Well, these were the same names that had been given to these dolls by their older previously you know now deceased daughters or so, sisters rather so
2: in my mind with the the toys being divvied up and everything like that mm-hmm. like, I mean this that's just you're like yeah sure yeah, sure
1: same names they named them they named the dolls the same things that their older sisters had named them bro get a priest in. There. Get a, get a,
2: like, Not a bad idea. Like what? Are, what are, but, but hold on. What are, what are, <laughs> exercise your daughter from your daughter. I'm just saying, like salt. Start salting stuff. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know what the proper thing. Start salting things. Start going through the different crosses and, and little trinkets. I, again, comes back to that scene from I, the Mummy, I'm, right? Right. <laughs> Where he's shuffling through a bunch of. Th- uh, look, man, I'm symbols? I'm dunking these kids in, in holy water. Like, I just gotta, t- I gotta know. I, I gotta- love, I love that you hit
1: the pantheon of religion. You, know, you hit at least three different just, rituals from three different sects of belief. And I see love see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, you,
2: these yeah. are uncharted waters here. So yeah, I mean, look, I said it before, and then previously in this episode, and I'll say it again. Putting myself in that situation. I'll be honest. Those are my kids. I'd be terrified. Mm-hmm. I'd be terrified. You're naming like these dolls, um, new toys, the same name as like your previous like yep. siblings. Pretty specific. I mean, what are the like, what are the odds, right? The common like, names. Ob- obviously this is all just like stories and and, and a tale that's mm-hmm. been passed down. Who knows, you know, what really happened in that room and how it really played out, etc. But you know, diving into it and just trusting and believing in the story. No, no. Like Mm -hmm. what, like what are the chances? How do you even, there's just no way, no way in hell. It's, and that's
1: only just scratching the surface too. That's, that's kind of messed up. (laughs) Things (laughs) get, things start to take an even more strange turn. So those are just coincidences. Now things start to get a little darker So Florence claims, this is the mom now, and the mom, as I mentioned, does not believe in reincarnation, is not interested in this idea, but Florence is the one claiming that the girls would talk about Joanna and Jacqueline's accident and say things like, quote, blood's coming out of your eyes. That's where the car hit you, end quote. In fact, it is said that they made some sort of game out of this where one of the sisters would lay down with their head in the lap of the other sister
2: and they would say these things.
1: Where they got these ideas, it's hard to say.
2: That's like, to the point where it's like, this feels like a movie, right? It does. Like, like this It really like feels a, like a conjuring case. Like, this is like, yeah, exactly, yeah, it's a conjuring case.
1: The parents also claimed that they would overhear conversations between the girls about the incident, all right? They would say things like, quote, I don't want it to happen to me again. It was horrible. My hands were full of blood, as were my nose and mouth. I couldn't breathe, Jennifer told her sister. Don't remind me, Jillian replied. You looked like a monster. Something red came out of your head. So, yeah, things start to get very eerie. And this is where I want to kind of tip my hand on some of the theories because this is where my pragmatic mind goes. Like, there are brothers in this family. There are the parents that had lived through this. And so who's to say kids being a sponge didn't absorb some conversations that they overheard? Or or are these stories kind of being... Exaggerated. I don't know.
2: Right, and I mean, I've noticed that just with like friends and their children, that like siblings end up becoming sponges. Mm-hmm. They they absorb everything. Or just talking to like uh you know young uh, newer parents, where they're just like, I don't know. I had a friend, and I was just like, oh yeah, I said I smacked a fly and cursed at it, and then that's my kids started saying that, and so mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out a tactic. So their kid won't continue to say it. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, yeah, no, no, they're they're definitely sponges. It just seems so wild yeah. in this direction. You know? Oh, yeah. It's not subtle at all whatsoever. It's very it, on it, the nose. It, it's very on the nose. It's very like, this is happening, like to a T.
1: It's also not the only memory that they recount. There are so many other memories that they recount from their the previous life that this almost starts to get hard to... I mean, again, in opening your mind a little bit, it gets hard to kind of dismiss. Hey, everybody. Trevor here, as always, with some housekeeping notes about Red Web. I'll keep it brief. If you want to support the show, store.roosterteeth.com. We always got some Red Web merch up there available for you. We've got some uh, some hoodies, some T-shirts, some coffee mugs, all those good things. And very, very soon, coming on the 9th of June, we have a backpack, uh, a very modern, kind of sleek-looking Very aesthetically pleasing backpack as well. Drum roll, please. Baby hands. We got the baby hands plush coming out. So support the show by getting some of those things. And yeah, thanks a lot. Also, another thing we uh, talk on and off about is uh, supporting the show in a way that only takes your time, which is reviewing the show. You can review the show on Spotify now or on Apple, iTunes, everything like that. So yeah, if you take that time, give us a five-star review. It helps us out. Really appreciate it. And we love to hear from you all. With that said, let's talk about some of today's fantastic sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-proportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That is why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh now has 30 dinner recipes to choose from every single week. You can keep that rotation going, get that variety in your stomach, and that's the most choices out of any meal kit. Discover seasonal summer recipes like cucumber salad stuffed pita pockets, okay? There's also chicken sausage stuffed with peppers, and you got Tuscan spiced shrimp and so much more. I really enjoy HelloFresh because, like they say, it comes right to your door. I hate going to the grocery store, but I love food coming right to me with picture-perfect instructions to make me feel like a cuisinier. It's also always tasty. I'm a bit of a particular eater, but every time, every recipe that comes through my door, it's always amazing. So if you're looking for something to try, I really do encourage it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16 and use code RedWeb16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Once again, that's 16 free meals and three free gifts by going to HelloFresh.com slash redweb16 with code redweb16 hellofresh america's number one meal kit this episode of red web is also sponsored by better help life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it symptoms can include lack of motivation feeling helpless or trapped sometimes detachment fatigue and many many other symptoms we associate burnout with work but that's not the only cause Any of the many roles in our life can lead us to feel burned out. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress to your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to worry about putting on the makeup, doing your hair. You can look grody like I do and uh, just stay behind the webcam and not let them know what you look like, you know, if you're bashful like that. Uh, but you also don't have to go out in person. In fact, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Task Force members, if you so choose, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash redweb. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash redweb. Redweb is also sponsored by Upstart. Saying goodbye to high-interest credit card debt is one of the first steps towards financial independence. But the interest month after month can feel like you're in a never-ending hamster wheel. That is where Upstart can help. Upstart-powered personal loans can help you pay down high-interest debt all online with a simple and easy-to-understand payment terms. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or simply funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com/redweb. That's upstart.com/redweb to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know, hey, Red Web, we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on a few things such as your credit, your income, and other certain information that you will provide during your loan application process. Again, go to upstart.com redweb. And as always, finances are very important, so be mindful and conduct your own research. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet
0: Essentials Program,
1: the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive.
0: Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities.
1: With that said, let's jump right back into this mystery. All right, well, let's come back to some of the other vivid memories that they would account. So, So Jillian would allegedly point to the birthmark that she had, uh, or excuse me, that Jennifer had. She would point to Jennifer's head and recount the details of the fall that resulted in Jacqueline's scar. And so as a defense, the parents actually say, they claim in response to the public kind of backlash that they never went into detail about the deceased sisters with the twins. And they never shared any of these stories or events that they had spoken about. So the fact that they knew how one of them fell in a previous life to garner that scar that became a birthmark the fact that they knew about the, the the car incident and there's a couple other things that i'm going to outline but it all stands out it's very odd so john and florence at some point in their lives took their family back to hexham to visit and the girls immediately started talking about the park where they liked to swing and even though they had never been there before remember they moved away from this area when they were just but a few months old The twins also recognized the school that Joanna and Jacqueline had attended at the time of their death. And when they arrived at the old house that they lived in, again, for a few months, they recognized every corner of their own house and even knew the names of some of the neighbors. Their parents claimed that they acted and spoke in ways that were very reminiscent of Joanna and Jacqueline. The parents also started to notice that the girls had very odd reactions to cars. So when walking around, sometimes they would cling on to their mother when a car would drive by. There was a story where a car engine started up and was quite loud and that caused them to flinch and scream and kind of cower a little bit out of the fear, not only of the noise, but of the car itself, saying that the cars were coming to get them. They were also having recurring nightmares about cars hitting them. So again, a lot of details coming out, not only in visiting their old neighborhood, but also just in general. In fact, once the girls turned five, their memories started to fade. The past lives kind of started to fade out of their minds and they lost the memories of the accident entirely, but they were still able to recount events that they were never a part of. For example, in 1981, Jillian had a vision of herself playing in a sandbox at a home in Wickham, which is yet a third town that we haven't discussed yet. Mind you, she had never been to Wickham, but the family had in fact lived there when Joanna was a toddler. The fact that she knew about this house, knew about the sandbox, and knew about some of the details in this area are almost impossible to place unless somebody fed her this information. She was able to accurately describe that house, the garden of that home that Joanna once lived in with her parents at the age of four. So that's a very light touch of the more common stories that are shared. Of course, there are some more nuanced details that continue to build out this story. In fact, I do wanna say before we go into the investigation, many people online, many articles refer to Jillian and Jennifer's situation, but they mostly focus on Jennifer being the one that seemed to experience most of the reincarnative evidence, the memory, the stories, the toys, et cetera, and that Jillian kind of went along with it. So it seemed that the reincarnation situation was imbalanced, as it were, that Jillian perhaps wasn't a reincarnation but being a twin with Jennifer kind of got looped in with it. I did read about that.
2: That is um, that's interesting in the sense because that plays more towards just the things that were, you know, we kind of know about twins, right? How mm-hmm. uh, like they, in a sense, I kind of dull it down, is they're on the same wavelength more often than like normal siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, which is such an that just such such an interesting study all in itself. Um, but it was a very like interesting thing that you said was like the memory started to fade yes and that is and like correct me with the info here but was that because like she was starting to reach the age of what would be the previous life
1: oh that's very interesting right there really isn't an explanation but i do notice in a lot of reincarnation based stories Uh, In fact, I feel like we could do a whole episode just recounting tales like this. Some don't have as much detail as this one. right? But for example, there was one of a boy who was born and he was able to recognize pilots from the military decades prior, uh, that he would explain a story about how he crashed, et cetera, et cetera. And then Mm. his memories also faded as he grew older. Yeah. So on one hand, that can draw into question the authenticity, does that mean that they're just being very creative uh sponges that are now kind of reflecting information that they once heard or is there something there that reincarnation does have some truth to it but different people lose those memories at different times yeah some some right at birth some a year later some 10 years later exactly very interesting to me I I love thinking about that
2: right yeah maybe it's a gradual progression right that scale kind of ebbs and flows back and forth where it could be instant or you do have these memories but you're too young to really like like display that Mm -hmm. and 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 portray like the things you want to say and speak on and maybe like these were just kids that were able to do so because they're on the other side of that spectrum where it didn't fade as quickly yeah but yeah I like the fact of like in my mind possibly they're getting closer to the age of the you know, previous life. So Jennifer was getting closer to the age of Jacqueline. That's such an interesting point. And that's how it started to fade. Yeah. That's because you're only going to have memories up to a certain point, right? Because after that, it's like, okay, well, the life ended. And so like, there's no other memories to have. It's a blank slate. Yeah.
1: But to, to, to be fair though, it also seemed that what little was there, even if it was six years of memories or 11 years of memories, even those memories were starting to fade Mm -hmm. from the twins, Jillian and Jennifer. So. It's, cool it's interesting. It's a very cool yeah. thought. But you're right. And it's maybe it is a more rare situation that we see cases like this because regardless of what happens, again, that's the big question mark of life. But perhaps we lose those memories before we can ever evoke them. Yeah. Vocally with coordinate muscle coordination. You know, we can barely lift our little heads up, you know. Right. But,
2: it's just it's in our memory bank, but uh, just, there's no way to access it. That's there's wild. we access it.
1: Wow. Okay. Sorry. You got me thinking. I love that. <laughs> no. That's so like, interesting. This
2: is such a good, like, this episode is just a good catalyst to start spitting off yeah. on just like random thoughts and theories that I'm sure a ton of the task force yeah, yeah, members yeah. like have thought about in some point in their life. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. This is this is exactly why I wanted to start this podcast. Not only do I love true crime and I love conspiracy theories and internet mysteries and all that sort of stuff, and that's what we talk about, but I love also these really cerebral ideas that, that you can just, there aren't answers. And so you want to fill in the gaps. so You want to have these discussions. And so that's another thing that discussing Unsolved Mysteries does is right. it allows you to fill in those gaps, but think and just kind of question things and poke around. And this one being a little bit more kind of ethereal yeah just means that there's more to, to kind of ask around and poke around about. But let's talk about a very brief investigation that went down. You talked about getting a priest in there. And they went in a similar direction, but they grabbed... They didn't grab him off the street. They they hired... <laughs> hey, a, you. <laughs> get, come over here. A paranormal psychologist, Dr. Ian Stevenson of the University of Virginia. He studied, okay, the Pollock sisters. So, okay, I said that they hired him. Christian, I don't believe that that's... Is that... Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think, in fact, that this guy just studied the, the situation. I might have misspoke. Let
0: me check. Yeah.
1: Either way, he did study the Pollock twins. I don't believe... That he might have been hired, but Christian's on that. So anyway, he studied the sisters from 1964 to 1985, so quite a good amount of time. He met with the girls when they were about four years old to look at their birthmarks and interview them and their parents to see if he could uh, kind of pull any more of these stories out. He studied their behavior and he realized that they had taken on the personalities of the deceased sisters. So Jennifer was codependent upon her sister, Jillian, in the same way that Jacqueline was kind of Codependent dependent on Joanna. So that's very interesting. That was a piece that didn't really come out in the previous section, but he met with the family once more, or twice more, I should say, in 1967 and 1978. He had blood tests arranged to determine their zygosity, which showed that they were monozygotic, the zygote of the embryo, uh, oh, okay. meaning that they were identical twins, not fraternal twins. It was a shared egg, mm-hmm. fertilized, split, Two entities, two people came out of that. Versus, as you had mentioned, your in your family it was a fraternal situation, non-identical, two separate eggs, two separate
0: mm-hmm. people. It sounds like the the doctor approached them after reading about the story in the newspaper.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So he hired the family.
0: <laughs> um,
1: cool. Thank you for the for the clarification. So he had identified that they were identical twins, and with his findings from the behavioral studies, the birthmarks, all of the various memory recounts. Stevenson concluded that the twins were indeed the sisters reincarnated. Stevenson heavily studied children when researching reincarnation cases because he, kind of as we were noodling on, he believes that they are the most honest, the most open, and the less likely to fabricate their stories so that they would be a more true to the nature of reincarnation kind of case true. studies.
2: As opposed to an adult that's like, I am... Re- Reincarnated. It's like, right. cool. You can have all these different motives. Exactly. Kids are much more pure and more willing to just speak out loud of what oh, yeah. their thoughts are. <laughs> they just say things, man.
1: They just say them. So that leads us to the theories that I want to talk about. The theories of this one are very simple. We kind of talked about them all on the way through. And so these are mostly going to be discussions between you and I and our opinions. But let's talk about the first theory the theory that the parents may have planted these memories. In Jillian and Jennifer. Now, of course, as the parents had lost their two children, it's very likely that they spoke about Joanna and Jacqueline in passing, whether to each other, to their daughters, although they did say that they didn't speak to their daughters about their, their previous sisters. Uh, it could have been that they discussed this with the brothers or other family members. You know, kids just, they are very aware. They listen, they sponge up. I like to think this and say this all the time. I think we take for granted Uh, the innocence of children. I think that they are much more with it and much more smart. More smart. Smarter than we give them credit for. (laughs) Smarter than me, perhaps. So it's entirely possible that they overheard some conversation. They could have talked about Jacqueline's accident at some point, the girl's favorite toys, or the park and the swings. They could have looked through photo books to garner some memories. And in the recounting of these stories between themselves, maybe they just didn't realize that their daughters were listening. Maybe they didn't realize the implication uh, or the significance of mentoring mentioning right. these stories
2: i mean i see that i mean it's something that's so traumatic where you could get to a point where i just you know hey i don't want to talk about this anymore i don't want to hear it or i don't want to mention it etc but it's so big where how could you not you know mm-hmm. at sometimes i'm sure you're bursting at the seams to just like let it all out these emotions and talk about it and then also on the flip side like occasional thought in my house i'm just like okay if i close this door and i had like a discussion with the misses, no, the audio would bleed out. Like mm. kids would still be able to hear. Like you really have to like go out of your way to have a, a conversation that you don't want your kids to hear.
1: Yeah. 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 They, I mean, also, I'm sure they're just gravitating to you. They're like, right? I'm three and I'm aimless. Yeah. Where's where's the the person I've known for my whole life? <laughs> my whole existence. I'm just yeah. gonna waddle over to them. Uh, another thing comes in with British historian Ian Wilson, and I do want to kind of. As much as my mind wants to be open to these thoughts, this is something to deeply consider. So when he noted you know, that Stevenson's evidence was relatively weak, in fact, quite weak, as the only witnesses to the girl's behavior were their parents, one of whom was a firm believer in reincarnation and cannot be considered as unbiased. I, I don't know about Dr. Ian Stevenson's inclinations as a paranormal psychologist if he believes in reincarnation, but one could maybe wager that that this uh, was an unbiased investigation, in a sense, at least from the father's perspective, for sure. And also, just to button up this theory, while not confirmed, people have also theorized that perhaps the girl's four older brothers may have also been responsible for their recollections of events by telling them stories of the past or speaking of them in passing. Maybe feeding them. You, you've been a little boy. We've all been little boys in this room, at least, Christian, you, and me and alfredo we're little troublemakers we'll we'll yeah. say
2: things to stoke the, the fire and the, the fire and just get
1: things going and just like you know we're little uh, drama addicts
2: yeah I mean, I, mean I, I was a little menace when I was younger you know just kind of just saying whatever or you know saying mean things to my siblings just because I was a little brat yeah or was in a bratty mood
1: well let me ask you this then your mom grandma grandma Diaz comes down and she says uh, well she's like hey Listen, we got a situation here. Please just don't. I know you remember this. I know you know this stuff. Don't speak of X, Y, and Z. to your little sisters, okay? Just don't do that. Oh, my God. Grandma walks off. You're left.
2: You're 10 years old. What do you do now? I'm like a a soda bottle bursting at the seams. You shook me up. I'm ready to burst. Right. (laughs) You
1: shook me up.
2: Here's the thing. Why you shake me up? Right. Why you shake me up? It's the same thing with like. Don't tell me not to do it. It's the same thing with like spoilers for shows and stuff uh-huh where people will, will like early like, uh, uh jackie and i like we stream and then jackie would be like you know survivors out tonight no one tell me about spoilers i'm like now someone's gonna talk about spoilers right now no I, i'm primed to talk about survivors exactly good episode no one- by the way is it ooh, i watched yeah. half of it juicy ooh, it's, ooh. oh it's always <laughs> juicy oh, we're, we're, we're big is there even a name for survivor fans just survivor fans i guess it's, yeah i don't know survivors <laughs> i was like i don't know if they have like a name like you know like bachelor nation or anything like that Anyways, we're exposing <laughs> ourselves and our, and our love for... That's uh, another podcast. That's another podcast. Our love for this stuff. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you shook me up. Like, I'm at some point going to slip up. Especially, oh, yeah. like, the, the younger I am, the higher that percentage goes yeah. up for me to just slip up and start opening my big mouth.
1: I just see the smirk forming on a young, uh, you know, boy's face. Just a little smirk right. and just going, what would happen, though? You know, exactly. don't eat that marshmallow. I'll be right back. yeah, but what would happen though? right? I wasn't think I wasn't hungry
2: now I'm, kinda- now I'm kind of thinking hungry. About it, right? like, now I'm a little, right I'm little It could be fun to climb up <laughs> on the counter, a little venture, right? Maybe. <laughs>
1: I want to do an extreme version of this where I go, all right, don't climb up that ladder, get up on the roof and do a little baby elbow drop down into the pool on your siblings. <laughs> And then see. Oh, my God. Then see, I mean, okay, I wouldn't actually do that. Right, right, right,
0: right, right. We're talking right.
1: hypotheticals here. But Or even <laughs> if we kids
0: jumping off rooms on oh, the oh, pool, or the pool. Incredibly we, dangerous. Or even if
2: we just. <laughs> earmuffs, kids, earmuffs. Or even if we just had, like, a proper safety. Baby me. And we just, you know, you did a uh, some kind of, like, Harvard experiment or proper yeah. safety precautions were, were taken. and It's like, right. what percentage of those kids would go, oh, I'm going to do it.
1: Right, right. If ethics didn't matter in the world, what would happen right yeah I mean I I speak from my experience because that's the kind of stuff I would do my cousin would come through he'd tell me some spooky story I'd believe it it'd get me all feared up but then he would be like, oh but no seriously like don't climb that tree I know I know this creek is big we'll have to figure out a way over there because we like to play in the woods near my house and I'd be like, mm-hmm. and he's like there's a tree leaning over it but we shouldn't climb it I'm like, I'm gonna climb it so I climbed it." I climbed it. The branch broke. I fell stomach first into the water, which was shallow. And then he goes fishing around where I landed. There was a uh, a saw blade underneath where I laid. So that's the kind of stuff I got up into. Uh, You tell me not to do it. I I just did it. So like that's where my example of jumping in the pool from the roof, Ooh. I, I might've done that. Oh, I am not. I wouldn't tell parents. my parents, they're definitely listening.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, earmuffs, dad. earmuffs, parents, earmuffs. <laughs> um,
0: we'll cut it out, we'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> beep, 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 it's a beep. Um, the One
2: time I beep and
1: then I the got onto the beep. And <laughs> then I got an A plus on my test, anyway. Um, no, but that's where I'm coming from. Like, you know, kids are impressionable. You tell them yeah. not to do something it's gonna happen. So that's, you know, it's totally possible that little bros here or i guess in this case older bros might have
2: uh it's a it's look it's a solid theory mm-hmm. and i i get why you withheld the old like the older brothers a bit there because I was like yeah otherwise my mind would be like oh no it's just siblings messing with siblings mm-hmm. um or you know the typical like it's the parents right mm-hmm. they're coursing their kids to, to say these things and do these things but that's where my mind is probably gonna settle is the fact that like they were just talking about it.
1: It's the most it's the most probable yeah. um it, you know all things considered, you know, we talk about that tangible evidence. Right. That seems to be you know as
2: like a skeptic that's looking for yeah. that like ledge to grapple onto, mm-hmm. that's my ledge.
1: Yeah. And then the second theory is uh, much more of a belief kind of angle and that but it does have some nuance of it. Uh it says Jennifer was a reincarnation of Jacqueline but Jillian was not of a uh, reincarnation, I should say, of Joanna. So while Jennifer's birthmark directly linked her with the events of Jacqueline's life, there wasn't really much to support Jillian and Joanna's relationship together. In fact, you know, when they when they shared toys, um, the, the reason why they might have bifurcated those toys in an easy manner could just be that they're kind little kids or that Jennifer right. just gravitated to her toys. Yep. and Jennifer then- went
2: picked up her stuff right. and then that left Jillian with what was supposed to be Joanna's stuff.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh. Jennifer may have in fact passed along memories of her past life as Jacqueline over to Jillian by telling her stories of how they played together. In fact, coming back to that game that they would play where one would lay down in the other person's lap and they would talk about some pretty sinister stuff. Right. Um, That could have been a kind of leader and follower situation where, where Jennifer led that game as it were and that Jillian being the child sponge that she would have maybe just kind of picked that up and reflected it back out into the world. So there's a lot of other nuances here. A lot of other um, kind of anecdotal pieces of evidence that if you're interested, I would encourage you to kind of read up some articles about it. Um, right. But, in fact, I know. do have an article here and I kind of want to just vamp as we scrub through because I do believe this is off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I don't. So this part may not be facts, but I do want to say like the reason why the grandmother was brought up as the person being like raising them maybe I'm mixing up a different reincarnation story, was that eventually the grandmother passed away and that the kids maintained memories of the grandmother that they wouldn't have had. Oh. Because the twins, in this for example, in this case, wouldn't have met her, but uh, Joanna and Jacqueline would have been raised by her, essentially. Again, that might be a different case because now I'm in the spitball territory, but um, I do remember that being part of some someone's reincarnation stories. Right.
0: It is this story. So it is this way. story.
1: Cool. I'm glad I mentioned it then. Yeah. Oh. So,
0: so Joanna and Jacqueline, like you said, they were raised mostly by their grandmother because their parents were busy with work. There's a story that Jennifer and Jillian, they looked most to uh, their grandmother for like love and guidance, even mm-hmm. though at this point in time their mother was no longer consumed with work, so she was present at at like ready to, to yeah. raise them, but they still gravitated toward their grandmother. Got so it. The, the idea is that. Because their reincarnate or their their past selves were uh, raised by the grandmother, now they're gravitating as well.
1: Makes sense. And the last kind of thing I want to spitball that comes to mind that supports what we're talking about with Jennifer being reincarnated, but Jillian maybe not so much was uh, something as nuanced as holding a pen or a pencil. So when Joanna and Jacqueline were going through life, Jacqueline tended to hold the pencil in an upright fist like manner. I'm emulating that to Fredo now. And Joanna was, uh, I'm not sure if we have information on that, but it doesn't super matter. Um, now, that was something that Jacqueline had kind of an issue with. As she grew up, she kind of maintained that bad penmanship, that posture, I should say. And then, uh, you know, they passed away. Jennifer and Jillian come along. And when they started writing, Jillian went straight to holding the pencil properly, uh, as or at least like most kids would. But Jennifer, being supposedly Jacqueline's reincarnation instantly gravitated to holding the pencil in an upright fist position and kind of had a similar struggle with that so that was another kind of piece of evidence that was used to support the idea that maybe Jennifer was reincarnated but Jillian uh Jillian wasn't so yeah question for
2: both of you do you see this as a blessing or a curse this happened
1: Ooh,
0: that's difficult I feel like it would depend on what you're reincarnated as no, no, no. If if so you, you saying, were the parent in the situation. Oh, oh, So yeah. this, oh, specific oh, oh. Example, in this, this specific
2: example. this specific situation, you were the hmm. you're the you're the parent. I
1: would say to be really annoying and difficult, I would say it's hard to know without mm-hmm. knowing what your six and eleven-year-old daughters would have passed on to. Without knowing mm-hmm. that, if that's better or worse, then being reincarnated, getting a second chance in life, and the miracle that is life and being right. self-aware could be a blessing, or it could just be neutral i don't know i would say it would be very interesting i'm not sure if i would see it as a blessing or a curse personally oh, how do you how do you feel christian
0: i feel like it, if i were in their shoes to me i feel like it would be more like a curse especially from the mother's perspective who did not believe in reincarnation and you know has had years to grieve and mourn the loss of her daughters but now they are people back yeah and so be now you're back into, into it exactly you're having to relive that's a very good point
1: the conflict of of reacting and experiencing that again and having it be right in front of your face is like a permanent memory of that when you might have wanted to otherwise move on but then you got the father's perspective right who who is probably seeing this as a huge uh blessing and
2: to to see his daughters once again um the dynamic there between the parents alone could be traumatic right very in the sense of the mom could have been just like oh my goodness i'm reliving this all over again i I, I i'm starting to go through the steps of grieving getting through it and the father just like it's them it's really them like they're back like yeah yeah it sounds like someone somewhere in that quadrangle uh of
1: relationships needs healing you know yeah and i or time or at least you know to silently accept their perspective of it you know and respect the other's perspective of it because otherwise you're right it could lead to some some other otherwise like some scrambling uh some mix-up as far as the kids are concerned but
2: interesting trevor tinkered with the question as i thought he would and then for me i went with like i'd see it as a curse and you you saw it as a curse but from a different perspective
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Well, uh, Jillian and Jennifer are still alive and well to this day. We, I'm, I'm sure we will use a photo of them both in their youth, but also as adults. Wait, really? Yeah. Th- this was only in the 60s, not too often oh, long yeah, ago. Oh, yeah. True.
2: Yeah. Man, that's um, that's just cool to know. Yeah. It's <laughs> just one of those things like, oh, yeah, this person that we're talking about is alive. Yeah. Not that they would listen to Red Web, but like, you know, <laughs> there's just there's a chance lo- you know it's like, hey. Yeah, I know. They're talking about me. Yeah. That's just a cool thought.
1: And perhaps they don't remember anything. Perhaps it is, to them, just a distant memory and a story. But,
2: right? be, but the, I'd be very curious. The perspective of, yeah. like, hey, this is just what yeah. people say about you. And, like, growing up, I'm sure your parents said stuff. Your like, brothers you said stuff. Like, yeah, what yeah. do you remember? What, like, was it like kind of being portrayed in that way? Yeah. In a sense? Yeah. It's all interesting stuff.
1: Might be some, Pretty cool, you know, unique pressures, too, of... Uh, you know being a living embodiment of the idea of reincarnation
2: when there aren't many like imagine Um, growing up and like you're essentially like your dad's just like yeah you are a reincarnation of your brother mm -hmm. that passed away and then just being seen through that lens what
0: for what could be your entire life I feel like that really starts to to grapple with the idea like the the issue of identity, it's like, am yeah. I am yeah. I me? Uh, oh yeah, or am I this other person that I don't really yep. remember being? Yeah,
2: that's wild. The layers, man.
1: Well, with that said, you know, as always, there's not a whole lot of visuals to this one, but I did mention those photos, and so if you want to see those photos, we do have Red Web Pod and on Twitter, we also have the same handle on YouTube, and uh, feel free to follow us on TikTok. It is at the Red Web, where we uncover. Uh, smaller mysteries that wouldn't make a whole episode. Recently, I've been dissecting the Mayday mystery puzzle from this year. There's 12 pages of that beast, and so I kind of quickly go through some of that, but I think what I'll do is also kind of do some bite-sized reincarnation stories over there as well, so if this tickles your fancy, if you have any thoughts of your own, we'd love to see you all in the comments, uh, but otherwise, yeah. That is that is it for Red Web today. Fredo, I'll see you right back here next Monday for another
2: mystery. There, Task Force.